And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to episode number six, whatever, of The Drop Set. Darren Starr here. It is uh, Monday, May 13th, the day after Mother's Day, Um, and this will be Probably the only episode this week. I am traveling on Thursday. I'll be on the road Thursday through Tuesday, um, working from the plane on Thursday uh, from my parents' house on Friday and Saturday. I have check-in scheduled for Friday, as well as uh, Max is going to be at the Junior USA's in Charleston um, on Uh, Friday, competing in Classic Physique. Good luck to him. And then uh, doing a little bit of work from the parents' house on Monday and on the plane again on Tuesday. So busy, uh, busy trip planned. Uh, You know, one of these kind of, you know, working trips, etc. So I I always like to, um, I'm going to start a new thing here where I present uh, the topics for discussion in the order of importance or the order of relevance. So the most important stuff first, which means uh, apologies to Megan and Rachel who competed this last weekend. We're going to talk about you in just a second, but I want to talk about the lawn first. Um, I I am despondent. Um, I, I truly am. So we had a really, really good, heavy weekend of rain here in Knoxville. And man, nothing's sprouting. You know, I put up the stuff, uh, put the stuff out at this point. It's been eight days. Um, I should be seeing some little seedlings sprouting through and I'm getting nothing, bupkis. So I'm a little pissed. Um, Now, maybe it just needs, you know, a little bit more patience, um, especially the stuff that I put topsoil over. Not all of it, um, but that stuff especially. I had high hopes for it. Maybe it just needs a little bit longer. I mean, it was a thin layer of topsoil, but maybe it just needs a little bit longer to sprout through and for me to be able to see it. But man, it got saturated, um, and I'm confident it didn't get washed away. My only concern is that I water it enough earlier in the week to keep it alive. Because once you water it for the first time, it germinates, and then you know if you let it dry out and get baked under the sun, it will die. So um, I think I did a good job of keeping it watered, but I don't know. Time will tell. Time will tell. So um, I got a, a, a tip from uh, from uh, Jamie, my friend. I told you about last week who had that uh, uh, question about. Um, like the phases for dieting, et cetera. And uh, they also said, uh, you know, you got to go out there and, you know, you got to talk to the grass, you know, let it know. And my wife echoed the same thing. She's like, you're standing here yelling at it and being pissed for not growing. That's just going to make it continue to not grow. I'm like, what is it, a, a, a kid? I mean, I have to talk to it like a kid. And, you know, I can't just yell at it and have it respond well. It's grass. Come on. So I'm going to try it. I'm going to try I'm inside right now. It can't hear me. So I'm going to go out there. I'm going to water it. I'm going to fill its head with all kinds of nonsense. Like, you can be successful. You can grow up and be anything you want to be. Uh, you know, you can, you can be president if you want. You can be an astronaut. You can be sanitation worker. Whatever you want to be. Little grass seeds. You can do whatever you want. So... We're gonna try that tactic and see how it works. So um, this last weekend, um, Rachel and uh, Megan both competed in Georgia and Florida, respectively. Um, uh, Megan, it was her second show. wasn't happy with the outcome there. Um, she took fifth, but you know, I, I felt looking at the photos that third would have been more appropriate. Um, not photos. She actually sent um, videos of the individual walk and the quarter turns and comparisons. Um, but like right from the get go, you could tell that the judges were interested in other people just by how they moved people around. I didn't necessarily agree with that. Maybe they saw something um, in person that I couldn't see in the video, uh, but I don't know. Um, so it was a little bum, a little bit of a bummer. But now we are um, regrouping. We're going to grow for a little bit. We're going to hit it up again in uh, November. That'll be a th- her third show. So we'll see how it goes there. Um, Rachel, uh, you know, I posted a picture of her to Instagram. Um, um, 
uh, what I guess it was on Saturday as we were kind of waiting for results. Super, super, super pleased with the the overall level of development and conditioning that she brought. Especially, I mean, this is kind of a you know kind of a lame qualifier when I say especially for a first show. But seriously, um, you know, most women if they could achieve what she did in like a fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh show, they'd be thrilled. And for her to pull it off in the first one, I was really happy with that. Um, everything kind of came together um, well at the last minute, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna be surprised if she doesn't take first in all the classes that she's competing in. And so I believe in two of those, she took second. <laughs> out of two um, because she was and this is the thing that you just don't have any control over sometimes you're just going to show up and you're going to find yourself up against a freight train and that's that's what she found herself up against somebody who you know clearly is uh, about to contend for a pro card in a couple weeks they're going to do a national show it's like you know what what can you do? And she, she, she said herself, she's like, Hey, there's nothing I can do about it. I just kind of had to laugh. And she said she was super sweet about it too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that kind of sucked. And you know, the other thing is, you know, who she was up against in women's physique, she was also crossing over into bodybuilding. So once again, NPC, which is it? You need to stop allowing crossovers, make somebody pick a lane. Um, and since there were only two in women's physique, I'm guessing, I don't know, she was probably the only one in bodybuilding or again, one or two. Stop it. You know, make somebody pick a lane. Don't allow those crossovers. I mean, between masters, open, novice, of course, of course. But you know, don't let people cross over between divisions. I just think that's dumb. That, that needs to stop. So, um, and I'm not just butthurt. Because, because Rachel took second. I just think generally it's a good idea. And honestly, if you eliminate those crossovers, um, th this woman probably would have done physique, which is fine with me. I don't care. But, you know, pick one. You're supposed to have um, well-delineated lines between these divisions. Um, and, I mean, seriously, bodybuilding, I mean, I'm surprised that that's even at the show still. I mean, there's a lot of shows where it's just disappeared completely. Um, but it reminds me of a show that I went to, uh, in Oregon. I attended years, years ago when I still lived there. And, um, one, one woman took first, like overall in bikini and in figure. I'm like, really? I mean, she looked great, but come on, that shouldn't happen. It shouldn't be allowed to happen either. So um, anyway, con congrats to both of them. We got uh, plans in place um, for both of them going forward as well. Um, Max, like I said, he'll be on stage um, this coming Friday. Um, Sam also, um, she'll be competing up in, boy, I want to say New York. I, I, I'm not totally sure because what matters to me is the date of the show. Where I know she's in New York and the show's New York or maybe New Jersey. I don't know. I don't remember, but <laughs> wherever it is, she's going to be ready for it. It's her second show. Um, I started working with her like the day after her first show last year. Um, so we did a reverse diet. We did a growth phase and now we've been cutting down and we're, um, really, really uh, pleased with the improvements that she's made as well. So that'll be good. Um, so we got a couple things to talk about. I got a couple of good questions and talking points here. Um, and then uh, also uh, a couple additional uh, voice memos. So we're just going to start kind of cranking away at some stuff and uh, see what we can what we can get to here. The first thing I want to talk about actually is I have a, a client, um, uh, Sarah in North Carolina. I just got off the phone with her uh, about an hour ago. Um, she had some concerns about just like logistics of show prep and feeling like she was behind and like making appointments and stuff like that. So she's just under nine weeks out at this point. Um, and 
you know, if, if she was behind in that process, first of all, I'd raise my hand and say, hey, you know what, that's on me. You know, it's my job to, to keep you up on that stuff. And I do, but, um, you know, she had a conversation um, with her posing coach that made her feel like, man, I'm kind of behind the gun. And so the thing is, you know, me and her, her posing coach, we have slightly different philosophies on this. Um, opposing coaches like, yeah, get this stuff done early, you know, knock it out now. You know, you got, what are you waiting for? And my, my thing is, what's the rush? You know what? And I, I cite the example of my prep last year, which was not for a show. It was for a photo shoot. But when my mother-in-law died at two weeks out, that blew everything right the fuck up. And if I was doing a show, I would have called it off at that point because yeah, I put in 14 weeks of prep, but I blew it big time at that point. Just because, you know, I mean, we, we talked about that before, you know, I had a lot of blame that I can accept for myself there, but also there were other things to worry about rather than just, you know, hit, hitting my diet correctly. So that's the kind of thing that can blow up a prep and not to go all morbid, but you know, stuff like that can happen. You know, things can happen. You can um, have a transfer for your job that moves you away last minute when you weren't even expecting it. So, you know, what's the point in, you know, booking your tan, hair, makeup, hotel room, paying for the show registration, you know, 10, 12, 14 weeks in advance. You know, it's the same reason why I don't sell fixed length plans and I just go month to month. I don't sell somebody a 16 week prep package because things can change. You know, I mean, you could get injured. You could break your damn leg, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, you could, uh, you know, get sued and realize, oh crap, I can't afford the show at this point. I've got to pull out and pay legal fees instead. I mean, anything can happen. Um, and so give it a chance to happen. It's not a lack of commitment to wait. Um, now if you are the kind of person who feels like you're going to flake out, this is all the conversation I had with Sarah. If you, if you feel like you're the kind of person that's going to flake out, and half-ass things, if you don't have that strong commitment to it, then yeah, commit early. But otherwise, for most people, and, I, and Sarah's in this category, yeah, you're putting in the work. You're doing everything you need to do. Um, it's not a lack of commitment. So it's just being wise. So, you know, um, for divisions where it's appropriate, get your shoes ASAP. You know, one and a half years out, it doesn't matter. Get your shoes because your feet aren't going to change size. Uh, not, not in the way that the shoes are measured, at least. <laughs> so um, get your shoes early. Get comfortable with those if that's necessary for the division you're competing in. By the time you're seven or eight weeks out, you should be ordering your suit. So um, before that point, it's a good time to reach out to suit designers. Um, you know, maybe put a deposit on one if you want to. But, you know, look at different fabrics, get some swatches, etc. Um, everything else can wait until later. Um, tan hair and makeup, those people have appointment slots. They do get booked, but you know what? If they are full up and you say, hey, you're waving money around, they're going to find a way to, to work you in. You won't get an ideal time slot, so I wouldn't wait till the last minute, but there's no rush on that stuff. I mean, a lot of pieces, a lot of um, those people, they don't even start taking bookings until three to four weeks out. So, um, the uh, show registration, you know, check the, the fine print on the entry fee, uh, entry form. But, you know, typically there's a cutoff like 7, 10, 14 days out when you'll have to pay a higher entry fee um, because you're late. Uh, but, you know, it's not prohibitive. And still, you've got a lot of time to wait until you get to that point. And certainly save a few bucks. You know, I'd recommend registering before that deadline. But still, um, no, uh, no reason to, you know, register for your show 16 weeks out as soon as you start prep. Because, um, you know, if, if things happen, you know, <laughs> try and get money back from a promoter, good luck with that. I did have a client who had a success story with that, actually, because um, <laughs> Frankie, I don't know if you're listening, man, but uh, I miss you, actually. Um, he, uh, 
he got a uh, a call overseas on a military deployment when he was, I want to say, two or three weeks out, um, which clearly that threw a little bit of a wrench in things. Nothing you can do. And so he just emailed the promoter. He's like, hey, this is the situation. And he actually got a refund on his entry fee. So um, kudos to whoever that was, somewhere in the uh, Northeast area. So that was kind of cool. A, 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 a rare success story. But if you're like, yeah, I'm pulling out of my show just because I don't think I'm ready, pfft, no, no, good luck with that. Um, and then uh, the only thing that really is a, a finite resource is if you're looking to stay uh, at the host hotel, especially if the um, show is at uh, a, a convention hall in a hotel. Um, then having a room in that hotel can be really helpful. It's just a great convenience, and those will fill up. So that's the one thing that I might say. And, you know, they're not going to fill up by five or six weeks out, so you can still wait a little bit on that. They'll still have rooms available. Um, but just know that that's the one thing that really has kind of a finite um, availability. So um, anyway, just uh, I thought it was worth rehashing that conversation here. Put her mind at ease a little bit, so um, we're, all, we're all good there. So just differing philosophies, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mine is definitely one of why, uh, what's the rush what's the rush as opposed to why wait um i got an email from a client also this is from uh, margarita and she uh she had this experience in the gym that i thought was interesting and noteworthy and uh so th this will lead us in a couple different directions here so um she says and i quote hopefully i'm not telling secrets out of school here i'm just going to quote her um quote i was working out and one of these pushy gym trainers came over and started asking me why i was working machines over free weights if i'm looking to put on size and that question confused me and i wasn't getting what they were getting at because regardless it's a weight you're lifting right anyway <laughs> I told them to fuck off. I trust my coach, but I was just curious, what in the world is this dude talking about? Ever heard of this? Because he started saying words I don't think he understood because he just kept going in circles. So, yeah, um, I'm going to uh, risk uh, alienating some people here. So, I'm sorry. And, you know, I, I, will, I will try not to tip my hat here too much, but I'm going to make a political analogy. So, regardless of what you think of the current president of the United States, you know whether you support him or you oppose him vehemently, um, you know that he talks in circles as well. And he does that when he's filling time because he doesn't understand the subject that he's talking about, which is fine. You know, I, I don't necessarily need a president to have an in-depth topic, uh, in-depth uh knowledge of everything they're talking about but still you can identify that and he is a prime example of it there are others as well but he's the one that because he talks all the time and his footage is everywhere you can see he is the guy who's reading the book report that he wrote on the book that he never read and so you know when somebody's just talking in a circular fashion like that that they got no idea what they're talking about at all and they're just out of their depth so um, and I, that is one thing that I actively try to avoid doing here as much as I can. And I feel like mostly I succeed, but I still think that there's points where I listen back to a segment like, man, I really kind of trumped that one. Who boy. <laughs> so um, anyway, so yeah, when somebody in the gym like this, they're, they're, they're having that circular conversation where they're like, you know, defining terms by using the same term, <laughs> you know, it's that kind of thing. Um, so what, what is the, uh, what, what is going on here? Well, first of all, um, this is mansplaining 101. So guys everywhere, I've talked about this before, but please shut the damn hell up. God, these women in the gym do not want your advice, especially if you don't know what you're talking about. And I understand the challenge here is you think you do know what you're talking about, but clearly you don't. So I think we need to just change the default assumption here and say, dudes, 
Assume that you don't know what you're talking about. That is a safe assumption. And then with that assumption, I want you to carry that into the territory where, you know, suddenly, you know, not everybody cares about what you have to say. Okay. Um, so stop going around to women and helping them, generous use of air quotes there, by offering your knowledge, again, generous use of air quotes there. It's not helpful. It's not needed, not wanted. Um, and yeah, just shut up. Just shut up, please. Um, so, the other thing is uh, yeah, free weights versus machines. Why would you use machines? So what you're looking is to have some kind of load that you can move uh, that requires force exertion from the muscle that will place it under tension. Anything can do that. Anything can, isometrics can do that. I don't think isometrics are too effective just because it's hard to measure your load there. But nonetheless, yeah, okay, it works. Uh, to some extent, you know, in, in some way. Um, but free weights for machines does not matter. It really doesn't. So um, I think both are valid. Um, and honestly, what I will do is if, if I come across somebody, and this happens frequently, where uh, often it's guys, but not always, where they say, yeah, I just use free weights. I don't like using machines. I'm like, all right, cool. You know what? We're going to use a ton of machines then. Why? Because you haven't done it before, and it's going to provide a different stimulus, and we're going to pull you out of your comfort zone, and we're going to get good at it, and you're going to get good at feeling what we're trying to do to the target muscle here. Conversely, if somebody always uses the machines, I'm like, great, we're going to use a lot of free weights now because I'm going to ask you to you know, provide more stability for yourself. Um, so it, it's about getting good at everything. Free weights for machines. You know, one thing I say is every exercise is a skill that you need to improve at. Well, those are both two very basic and large general skill sets. And if you neglect one, you're missing out on, um, on potential growth, um, which is one of the limiting factors also of home gyms, because most of them are, you know, primarily or exclusively, uh, free weight setups. So, um, you're missing out on potential ways to stimulate a muscle, not just with the variety of movements that you can do, but also machine resistance is very def different than free weight resistance. Both are great. Both are effective. But in a perfect world, you'll utilize both as well. So um, there we go. I was not planning on a political detour there, but uh, hey, uh, I did get a, a comment from somebody where, you know, I think in the episode on... Oh, God, Friday, maybe it was last Monday. Um, I mentioned that, uh, oh, I did that uh, talk on the wellness division. That was Monday. And then uh, I, I took a break in the middle of the episode. And then I came back and said, yeah, I thought about just redoing that. And you know, it was a little rough around the edges, but I just ran with it. So um, the feedback that I got is, hey, you know, never censor yourself. Always just, you know, roll with it. Whatever comes out, I'm like, all right, you asked for it. So here you go. Now you get me equating um, mansplaining in the gym to uh, Donald Trump. So... There, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if that's exactly what anybody had in mind, but uh, there you go. I try to stay neutral on it. So, um, you know, th th there are people out there on, just to elaborate on this a little bit more, uh, there are people out there on both sides of the political aisle that I either strongly agree with or strongly disagree with that I can at least say, you know what? That's a smart person. I don't agree with what they say, but that's a smart person. Similarly, there are people on both sides of the political aisle, whether I agree with them or not, that are just dumb. That are just dumb. Like, you know what? I agree with a lot of what they're saying, but that person is dumb. 
and that bothers me. Or I really disagree with what that person is saying, and on top of it, they're dumb as well, and they clearly don't know what they're talking about. So, you know, there, there's there's four quadrants here to establish. <laughs> you know, the, the agree, disagree, dumb, smart. You know, there's four different squares that we can put, put that in. So um, I don't want anybody to think that I'm picking sides or anything like that. I absolutely do pick sides, but here I remain neutral. So um, we got some voicemails to go over. So um, why don't we jump into it? I'm going to grab one at random here and see who we get. Hey, Darren, it's Mary in Texas. My question was, what are some of the principles you use to make sure that um, someone peaks on time at the right time? And then if someone peaks too soon, how do you remedy that? Thanks. Ah, Mary from Texas. Thank you. Full disclosure, Mary is a client of mine. So, um, she, you've you've heard her here before, also. So, um, that's a great question. So, what principles do I use to make sure somebody peaks on time? And what do you do if somebody peaks too soon? Yeah, it's a very good question. Um, so, um, let's address the second one first, just because I like doing things out of order. Um, oh, and uh, hold on, Mary. This one's for you. Hold on here. Wait a second. Ready for it? Ah, uh, yes. Yes. That is a uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon. No, I'm just kidding. It's a Monster Zero. Uh, ultra White this time. Ah, uh, the drop set sponsored by Monster Energy Drinks. Not really. Um, at least unofficially, unofficially sponsored. Actually, I'm probably sponsoring them realistically. So, um, yeah, so... Um, what happens if you peak too soon? That is a really difficult thing to overcome. And so let me give you the, uh, the illustration here with, uh, with Max, who's going to be competing in Charleston on Friday at, at the national show. So, um, you know, he started his prep around 2.30, and we did that. We started around, I, I want to say it was a little shorter. It was 14 or 15 weeks, and right now, I think as of this morning, he was 198, and the cutoff for his height uh, for classic physique is 205. So at first, our goal was, okay, we need to get just a little under 205, like 203, 202, so we've got room to carb up. I know that when we put carbs in, in him, he's just going to get tighter. You know, I don't have to worry about the scale blowing up on him, but I wanted there to be just a little bit of wiggle room in case that happened so that we had, um, you know, it was it was um, not a huge um, concern here. And um, so yeah, well, I mean, we're clearly there right now. We're 198. And so what we're doing now is monitoring on a day-to-day basis because we aren't going to start carbon them up until tomorrow. So today was the last, you know, low carb day. And so this was the concern where, um, okay, uh, are, are we, are by continuing this and holding off on the carbs for another day, are we doing anything productive? And but, you know, we checked the pictures. He's been taking pictures daily for like last week at least. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, today it's like you know, this is the tightest we've been. So a little flat, but I'm okay with that. We're supposed to be right now. So um, the the main way to, you know, what do you do if you peak too soon? The the best answer to that is actually answering a different question, which is you know, don't. Don't peak too soon. Monitor it closely and you know, make sure you're at your best and feeling about your tightest before carbs come in. Um, and so, uh, like with uh, with uh, Rachel, who competed this last weekend, that was a concern for us because you know, two weeks out, she was looking great. We we're on the right track, and then you know, everything kind of blew up. It was stomach issues, but it made me think like, oh man, did we miss it? But no, it was a short term thing. We resolved that, made a couple quick little changes, and then boom, we were right where we picked up, uh, right where we left off, and um, you know, we were able to. Um, uh, 
could continue and make some really good progress in those last two weeks, last week and a half or so. So it was just a couple day interruption where things were a little rocky and then we sorted it out. So um, the main thing is don't peak too soon, which is, you know, one of the things that I do is you can always adjust that through programming, which is why, you know, it, it needs to look like uh, a kind of an ex- exponential function. If you graph that, and if you don't know what that looks like, just go to Google and type in exponential function graph and you can see, you know, kind of starts off slow and then it really tapers up and then phew, kind of spikes to infinity. Um, that's what your prep needs to look like. So you don't want to paint yourself in a corner too quickly. Otherwise you get, um, okay, I'm going to, it's been too long since I have been in, uh, any kind of algebra or calculus class. So I'm going to, um, go to the Google and just make sure that I say the right thing first. Um, yeah, so what you don't want it to look like is a logarithmic function, which you know takes off sharply and then it, it, it kind of peters out and then it eventually as it approaches infinity it flatlines. Um, so if you if you relate that to prep, you know, the longer you're prepping, the the fewer and fewer changes you see. That's what happens if you come out of the gate and immediately like drop your carbs to nothing and start doing a shitload of cardio right out of the gate. Um, you're gonna have a logarithmic prep instead of an exponential prep. I feel like I can totally brand this and sell this idea if only only people understood these functions. Um, doesn't really make for a very sexy T-shirt, you know, showing algebraic functions on a graph on a T-shirt and be like, "Have yourself an exponential prep." What? What the hell is that person talking about? Never mind. I just talked myself out of it. Um, so don't have a logarithmic prep. You want an exponential prep, which means you know you start prep great, small changes, small changes. Don't get complacent, but don't feel like you've got to force the issue. And you know don't don't be like a oh god, can I have a uh, can I have Game of Thrones spoilers here? Oh boy. Well, this won't spoil too much. But at the uh, the Battle of Winterfell with the army of the dead. How you know Daenerys and John? They were up on the cliff and they were watching those events transpire. And she didn't like what she saw, and so she pushed the panic button and got involved, which was taking taking off plan. Don't don't pull a Khaleesi and don't push the panic button early in your battle. You know, wait it out, trust it, but don't get complacent. But you can't force the issue necessarily. So you've got to bide your time and make intelligent changes so that your prep has that exponential. I mean, and part of this is just main t- is monitoring your mental state as well um, and making sure that you know you've got a little bit of give and take, a little bit of push and pull with your energy levels. And you can take a couple days off here and there if needed, just for like a little respite from cardio. Um, you know, I have those discussions regularly as well. So. Um, it's, it's a dance to kind of manipulate these things so that you feel like you can continue to accelerate accelerate and have that exponential prep where it just continues to take off and move upwards. Um, and so the results actually accelerate with time. Um, but you've got to manage it well. And uh, I think really the first key ingredient of that is, um, is just not being overly aggressive right at the start. So, um, you know, if you, have, if you, if you go into prep and I mean, unless you're starting off with, you know, your carbs are basically at infinity and you just cut that down to a measurable number, you're going to drop a little bit of water weight. But other than that, if you're dropping like three, four pounds, your first week of prep, I'm like, yeah, hold the phone, buddy. Let's chill out. And, you know, you could also get off to a good start and then you'll be nice and aggressive, but then back off a little bit, you know, try and use a little bit of that metabolic capital that you're burning off and trying to reclaim a little bit a little bit of that slow down just because you know nobody looks great up on stage if they don't get there 
that that's the big thing you know uh there are a lot of ways that you can do a prep that will basically just ensure that you burn out before show day so you don't want that to happen um so you know peaking too soon honestly there's nothing that you can do to overcome that um you've just got to avoid it pretty much so principles to peak on time it's all about that management first of all you know it's for your first show, it's a really tricky thing, which is why I was really pleased with how Rachel turned out on Saturday. Um, it was just, you know, it, it's tough to know for your first show. Um, so did we, uh, were we absolutely as tight as we could be? No, but it was, it was, I had nothing to complain about there. Nothing to complain about. You know, nine shows out of 10, she gets up on that stage in women's physique. She's taken first easily. She just happened to be in show number 10 out of 10 <laughs> where, you know, you get hit by a freight train basically. So, um, now that she's done that show, we know what her stage weight is. And so now, you know, we can go into off season, depending on how much we grow in the off season, then we've got a good idea of what to plan for second time around. She, she set a goal also of like, you know, I want to stay tighter, um, through this off season than I did last time, which I'm like, that's totally fair. So, um, what that means is that, you know, she's probably not going to put on a tremendous amount of size. She doesn't really need a tremendous amount of size. So using that first prep as a baseline, if we come in like, you know, two pounds tighter than that, that's going to be scary. That's going to be really scary. So that gives us an idea of, you know, how you can pace things out and then just track your data, track your variables, monitor those things, watch them closely and, uh, uh, you know, just, just be smart about it. You know, don't, uh, don't push the panic button, uh, but don't come out of the gate with both guns blazing either. Um, all right. Um, let's, uh, let's take another one, shall we? What do we got here? Hey, Darren, this is Emily calling from the great city of Eugene, Oregon. Um, I was doing a workout today and it made me think of something for the podcast, which was, uh, tips, tips from your listeners to other listeners about working out in different ways. So what inspired this was your tempo, brutal tempo workout that I was doing this morning where I needed to count four seconds, um, in different intervals to slow down what I was doing. So I think it was four cent, four second eccentric contractions on the exercise and for me it's hard to count when I'm listening to music so what I did to work around that was to put on some really good um, metal music that doesn't have any lyrics to it so that's my tip for listeners if you're doing something that you need to focus on and pay attention to like form or slowing down um, pick out some music that is still super motivational but doesn't necessarily have lyrics and I happen to know Darren has a pretty good instrumental Spotify playlist if you want to find some inspiration there. All right. Have a good day. Now you see, I like that. Thank you, Emily. Appreciate that. Once again, disclaimer, Emily is a client of mine. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so, uh, I like it. I like it. So, here is the, the, the thing. So yes, it, it is really tricky because if I've got, let's say, we'll, we'll use this example here and then we'll say, you know, um, let's just say you said four second uh, eccentric. So let's say it's a one zero four zero tempo. So you've got one second on the concentric, no um, pause or squeeze, um, and then a four second eccentric there. So your rep should be taking five seconds. Um, so which means you've got to count. You don't really need to count the one because we get it. Okay, it's just a one. There we go. And then one, two, three, four. And then you're like, well, wait, I just counted a four. Which rep was that? Okay, then you go. So And then I'd count it two, two, three, four, release, concentric, three, two, three, four, release, concentric, four, two, and you know what this sounds like? Dun, dun, bum, 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 
It's Money by Pink Floyd. So that's the thing. You've got 1040, so there's five total seconds in a rep. So clearly you need a song that's written in a 5-4 time signature like Money by Pink Floyd. So now where this gets tricky is let's say we've got like a 3040 tempo. Or how about just a uh, let me a 1141 tempo. So that's a seven-second rep. So now you need a song that's in a 7-4 time signature. So that would be something like um, Them Bones by Alice in Chains. Outshine by Soundgarden. Now we're talking. Um, although Outshine, it has a four-four section in there, so you've got to be careful about you know where you are in that song. So, um, and then there's the other thing. I mean, Outshine is yeah. I mean, that's a little fast. <laughs> that's the other thing is you need a song that's in five-four or in seven-four at sixty beats per minute. That's a little tricky. I think money is even a little fast for that. It's probably closer to like seventy-two, seventy-six. I mean, you know, you got to split the difference there. So clearly, if you're going to listen to like Tool or Dream Theater, where there's a different time signature every two or three measures, yeah, you're going to have a bad time there. So. Um, what you need is some really slow tempo stuff, but I'm talking like not necessarily typo negative slow. Cause if you're going at like 40 beats per minute, then suddenly you're one zero four zero tempo. If you follow us one of their songs, then suddenly instead of a five second rep, you're going to have like eight second reps just because you're counting it to the beat of the song. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, God, that's going to make for so depending on who you're listening to. So if you listen to like, you know, Slipknot or Avenged Sevenfold, sure, you're going to have some blazing fast workouts there. And if you listen to Typo Negative or something like that, everything's going to be slow and miserable. So basically, slower metal means harder workouts, I guess. There you go. And yeah, um, for, for me, it doesn't matter if it's instrumental or not. I really do dig that that instrumental playlist that I have there. It kind of covers the gamut there. So I think it's... Uh, Oh, if you look up Five Star Physique on Spotify, I've got some playlists there. I used to do those a lot. I haven't done any of those recently, but that one's called No More Talking. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, great suggestion there. I like it. And, you know, if you're musically inclined, what I'd love to hear is, you know, here's what I need to do. I need to get a collection of uh, songs in all time signatures that can fit a variety of different tempos that are all at 60 beats per minute. So um, that sounds like a homework ex- uh, a homework assignment for... Never. Darren, it's Josh from Virginia. What's up, man? Uh, so this might be kind of a long one, so if you cut me off, that's fine. <laughs> um, it's been a while, so i got a few things, first of all. Uh, I hope you're doing well, man. You know, take it easy. Don't do anything stupid. Have one brownie, not the whole pan. Um, with that said, uh, a couple of things. So the wellness division, I just want to agree with you, man. Don't worry about the outburst because it's fucking retarded. Um, it just further delineates from the clarity that each division should have by adding another one that just completely muddles the water. Um, with that said, so demotivational coaches. So a story uh, for you. So I competed in my first competition, natural bodybuilding competition, uh, last June. And uh, had a coach for about eight months, was in a deficit the, the entire time. Uh, during that time, he never made any changes to my meal plan, and it was about 1,900 calories. Um, so it was uh, not – I didn't know what I was doing, so I was just trusting the coach, doing what I do. Um, so with that said, we go into peak week, right? Um, the show's on a Saturday. Uh, Wednesday, I'm, I'm feeling pretty bad that entire week. I uh, got, got sick, um, not feeling great. I was supposed to go in on that Wednesday, um, meet with the coach, have one more, uh, one last posing um, session, and I think a quick uh, 
uh, training session, um, and I basically texted him saying, hey, I feel like out of utter crap. I'm just going to take the time to rest. And instead of him saying, you know, hey, that's fine, it's understandable, maybe drink some more fluids, uh, we'll see you on the show on Friday or on Saturday, you're going to do great, all he responded with was, don't do anything stupid. Like, really? Like, like that's all you got to say as a coach? Like, how is that supposed to make me feel going into my first show? Don't do anything stupid. What do you think I'm going to fucking do? You think I'm going to sit down and eat a freaking cheeseburger, like, after I've done this for eight months? So it's just crazy. Um, needless to say, I was no longer with that coach after the first competition. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to tell that story. Um, and uh, Game of Thrones, real quick. Yeah, that was uh, extremely dissatisfying and upsetting. Uh, so I almost I, I would have ate a whole can of brownies too. Anyway, keep rocking, man. Bye. <laughs> oh, Josh, you've been missed. It's good to have you back, buddy. Um, so, uh, yeah, first of all, uh, you you tell me not to do anything stupid, echoing the advice of your previous coach. I'm like what the hell, man? I mean, how well do you know me? Stupid is what I do. That is what I do. And what is this about limits on how many brownies that I can eat? I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. So you can just step off with that right there. Stay in your lane, man. That's all I got for you. So um, wellness division. Yeah. I mean, I am at a point right now where I'm like, okay, it's probably going to happen, I guess. So let's just wait and see. And that there will certainly be a follow up to that segment once more information comes out because I can guarantee you I won't be happy with it whatever it is because I admit it I'm kind of biased against it just like I still clearly am um, about bikini and about men's physique as well. Um, I think bikini at least had a practical reason for existing. Um, you you can question about you know how how necessary it really is um, for for a bodybuilding show to venture more into pageanty lane um, like that. But, you know, I, I accept it for what it is, and I'm cool with that. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm, as I mentioned before, I'm still not on board with men's physique, um, and this wellness division, I think, is going to be another another move more in that vein. It just doesn't seem necessary, or like the right, if you are going to add another division, it doesn't seem like the right move t- to me. So, um, so uh, regarding your first show, yeah, so don't do anything stupid. And that would have been like, well, what <laughs> exactly? What what would qualify as stupid? You said uh, you were not going to eat a cheeseburger or anything. I would totally be the guy eating that cheeseburger. Absolutely. Don't do anything stupid. Well, I don't think a cheeseburger sounds very stupid at all. It sounds pretty damn smart right now uh, because I feel sick and like I'm dying. So I think a cheeseburger cures all. So I'm going to eat maybe not one but two. Uh, you know, who's going to stop me? You know, I mean, she said, don't do anything stupid. You need to be more specific because a cheeseburger does not sound stupid to me. It sounds incredibly intelligent. In fact, I just had five guys last night too. So, um, so yeah, eight months in a deficit with no meal plan changes. I mean, man, um, that is not sounding like an exponential prep. If I can have a call back to about 10 minutes ago, um, that does not, that sounds like a very logarithmic kind of prep. <laughs> so yeah, I just don't think that language is going to catch on. I'm not ready to leave it behind or bury it just yet, but, uh, nonetheless, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, being sick on peak week, and here's the thing, I mean, unless you're, like, sick for some other reason, I mean, peak week is when you should really be start feeling good, because, you know, your cardio comes down, you, you got to play around with water a whole bunch, sure, but, you know, you start to get some carbs if you're doing it right, um, a lot of people will do, like, they'll play around with sodium loading and depletion, which I think is a bad idea, and that's a recipe for always feeling like disaster, and it's just, you know, a, a classic example of trying to get too cute, I just don't think it's terribly useful, so, um, yeah, I mean, 
I hear you. I hear you. The other question is, uh, I'm, I'm just curious, like, what happened? How did the rest of that week play out? So, um, and okay, so quick follow-up here. I'm, I'm not going to have any Game of Thrones spoilers, I hope. Now, now we're going we're gonna to keep it spoiler-free. Um, there were a lot of people, so I've, I've, I've read, you know, I got up and I read immediately, like, you know, between seven and ten articles recapping last night's episode five, um, the penultimate episode um, with the finale coming this weekend. So, um, and a lot of people said, wait, 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 with what happened in this last episode, what happened the previous one that I found so distressing and traumatic, you know, that those two things shouldn't have happened in consecutive weeks. Like, you know, how did that happen in episode four, but then episode five played out like this? I'm like, no, that makes perfect sense to me. I totally get it. It's all about being surprised versus being totally prepared for something and having a plan. Um, that makes absolute logical sense to me. So, um, and you know, we, we've got to accept also that there are some, uh, some creative liberties taken for storytelling purposes. And I get that. Not, I, there's this tendency when you criticize television shows these days, like when you write critically about them, that everything has to have some kind of real world bearing on, you know, how people think and what their motivations are. And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes people are just fucking hard to read. And sometimes they do things that don't make sense. And, you know, uh, I hear other people talking about how, you know, in this show specifically, like, well, you know, Daenerys and John, they really make some really stupid decisions at times. I'm like, yeah, well, they are not in the positions they are in because of how smart they are. But because of the circumstances the, 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 that have happened around them and the things that they have and the qualities that are special about them, but not necessarily because they are great strategists. I mean, look back on all of the things that Daenerys did from season one when she was nothing up to right now where she is. How much of that had to do with how smart she was and how much of it had to do with the fact that she was gifted dragon eggs and is impervious to fire? I mean, <laughs> those are two qualities where suddenly you can be really successful and a great conqueror and not really be all that smart and still be allowed to make some really dumb or questionable decisions. And you know what? People in power are not always smart. Um, and, you know, John is, you know, a, a very skilled swordsman, uh, a, 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 a very, very gifted one-on-one -on -one fighter. Um, who also, uh, th this spoiler is a couple years old, so you know he was brought back from the dead, so he made a bad decision, he paid for it, and then he got a mulligan, basically. Um, and had the benefit of you know being trained in a castle by a professional master at arms, um, and he's also, for whatever reason, um, charismatic enough to uh, encourage a loyal following. Once again, not the smartest guy in the room, not a brilliant tactician by any means, as we saw in uh, season six, episode nine, Battle of the Bastards. Holy crap, did he just about blow that up all by himself? Um, I mean, really, he did. <laughs> he got bailed out at the last minute, but he should have lost and died there again. Um, not a great tactician, not a brilliant guy. So these people, for me, when people say, oh, it doesn't make any sense that you know they would make these dumb decisions and these poor choices, I'm like, it makes perfect sense because they're not the smartest people, and that's okay. That is not why they're in the position that they're in, and that's not why we find them necessarily such compelling characters. So I'm okay with people doing dumb stuff. Um and, you know, I think I think even Tyrion, because everybody says, you know, he used to be the, the most clever man in the world and now he's so dumb. I'm like, 
he's making mistakes. You know, he, he's had some some lapses in judgment and then some things that generally were genuinely were unpredictable. So I think that's okay. You know, smart people can still get things wrong. You know, Warren Buffett is a great investor. He can still make bad purchases. You know, it can still happen. So anyway, wow, I didn't expect that to happen. So <laughs> we kind of went off the rails there. So um, that's all I got. So I'm going to peace out for right now. Um, probably not be back on Friday unless something magical happens and I decide to do one from the road. Hey, anything's possible. But otherwise, I'll catch back up with you probably the following Friday because I'll still be traveling next Monday. Um, so everybody, in the meantime, be good. Train hard. Eat all the stuff you're supposed to. Avoid all the stuff you're not supposed to be eating. And uh, we'll have good times. You know how to find me on social media. So uh, anything comes up, um, you know, hit me up at thedropset.com or call in 865-518-2974. Leave a message. We'll chat it out.